talking about the things that make your home service business go. Marketing, finance, systems, people. This is the Fight Club for Business podcast. Makes me that much stronger. Makes me work a little bit harder. Makes me that much wiser. Thanks for making me wider. Well, welcome back to Fight Club, everyone. Super excited to be back with you this Tuesday. Um, wanted to go ahead and just do a brief introduction again and kind of explain our purpose of being here. Now, as you know, we are here to really help you guys thrive through this um, tough time in our world and really make sure you're able to fight for your business. So I'm here to help with the marketing side of things. My name is Taylor Maroney. I own a power washing company in South Florida, and I've been in the marketing world for about five years now. So I'm super excited to bring some grassroots tips to y'all. Oh, Megan, you're muted. Let me see. Good morning, everybody. My name is Megan Likes, and I am the founder of Bookkeeping Academy Online, where I educate and empower small business owners to know their numbers so they can live more financially rewarding lives. I also own an accounting company in Northern California, where I offer bookkeeping and virtual CFO services to those small businesses who are service-based, who are allergic to numbers, and just need a little bit of help with, with managing their money. And I am a co-owner of a window cleaning company in Northern California. I have been for the past 13 years with my husband, Jeff. Uh, so field service business is my business. That is where I have fun. That is where I thrive. And uh, I love Fight Club. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> awesome. And good morning, everyone. I'm Michelle, co-owner of Pink Collars. We do remote admin services and we organize and strategize and take care of your customer care in both the front and back office roles for home service businesses remotely. So that's me, Michelle Myers, Pink Collars. And I'm Martha Woodward. I am the founder of Level Up, Build Team and Give a Shit. And uh, I am co-founder of Quality Driven Software and I run a maid service. So I'm here to help with all your employee problems. But you don't have many. I know. All the problems. All the problems. <laughs> oh man! Yesterday we had a no show, no call. We had a I'm sick, maybe with coronavirus. Probably not though. Oh, Martha, I thought of you yesterday. It was one of those days. All the dramas. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know. But after our call last week, my gears were just. Um, going after talking with Sean and it was such a good call and super excited to kind of dive into some more grassroots stuff with y'all today. Um, now, as far as um, what we're going to talk about on the marketing end, it's going to be a little bit more grassroots, but also kind of touching base on what we talked about last week with millennials and how to kind of tie that in together. I know we briefly spoke about it, but um, I want to dive a little bit deeper because I know that's a really um you know, popular topic right now that we all should really be focusing on in our home service businesses. So a um, few things that you can do for grassroots marketing. We all know that's really kind of the um, hands-on you as a business owner or someone in your office really getting in the trenches and working hard for those um, marketing techniques. Now, a couple that I want to go over today is going to be first and foremost, your reviews. Millennials are very engaged in reviews and feedback. And I say feedback because you're not always gonna get a perfect five-star review. I know we all want them. <laughs> I know that's what we all strive for, 
but you may get a four star or a three star, an occasional one or two, I hope not too many of those. But where you can provide good feedback is explaining that customer's experience or you know, being able to provide a level of support through that review platform. So three of the top major ones that individuals look at are Google, Facebook, and Yelp. So they each individually control them on each one of their platforms. Um, there's a ton of different review platforms out there that you can be able to gain reviews. So by, I know there's ones, you know, Nice Job has a review platform, BirdEye has one. Um, there's a few different additional ones that I can also put in some comments um, this week. But those are tools to help you gain those reviews as well as help respond to them. So the feedback and reviews are very important because it shows your potential customers a very clear picture of your business and what your customers have experienced with you. So that's one of the first things I want you guys to focus on this week is reviews. If you can, at the end of each day, make sure you reach out to Mrs. Jones and say, you know, thank you so much for letting us come to your property and perform service today. We would love to have you leave us a five-star review. Again, does, she may not, but that's okay. Um, and just submit uh, a link to one of those three locations, wherever you have your platform set up already. That way you can start gaining in some more of those reviews on a um, little bit faster, timely basis. Because one of the, the biggest things I've noticed when working with clients is they tend to send them out at like the end of the week or the end of the month. And that's really detrimental to your business. And people don't really understand as to why. But once you leave Mrs. Jones's property today, so we're, we're Tuesday, it's Fight Club Day. So if you leave today, you do the job for her and you don't wait to send that review until the end of the week, there's a chance that she could have already forgotten how awesomely positive that experience was. She can remember it was a good experience, but say you, um, you know, made sure that her, if you're, you know, a roofer, you made sure that her, um, all of her gutters were perfectly fine and intact. There was no issues on the house. You know, you took extra special care putting tarps and anything else down to make sure everything was clean on the driveway. So no tar or anything leaked, you know, that's extra special care that some other businesses might not have taken. So by doing that for her, if she doesn't react on that initial response of happiness and joy and excitement, you might lose a really great quality review to just an average, just regular five-star review. So that's why it's really important to jump on them immediately that day. And I know it takes some extra time. This is why we're talking about grassroots. It's not necessarily something that happens, you know, super um, quick or it can be automated. I'm sure, you know, Michelle has multiple ways that we can talk about automation for <laughs> the reviews side of things um, through different CRMs and different systems of that sort. Um, so there's ways to automate it, but grassroots wise, this is an essential piece to your business. So that's the first piece I wanna talk about in getting in touch with your millennials. And second is to double check your mobile optimization. So this, I know we've talked about a lot, um, but millennials are more geared to go to their cell phones or their mobile devices first versus going towards a desktop computer. Now, ways you can check your mobile optimization is just make sure that when you pull your website up in your phone, it's easily accessible. There's no real major issues with um, coding or formatting. So no random boxes popping up in weird places or photos not really fitting properly on the screen. And um, make sure that it's easily accessible for them to contact you. Because if they're going to their phone first, then they're also going to want to make that phone call or that form submission from their phone. So 
those two pieces really go hand in hand. If you're not mobily optimized, then you're not able to do a click to call most likely, and you're not able to most likely easily submit a form that should be less than four fields. So just your name, the address, it will, excuse me, name, phone number, email, and service. You can add address. I don't recommend it because that's a really personal piece to the homeowner that they might not be ready to submit yet. And yes, I know it helps a lot with getting the, you know, estimate sometimes for, you know, roofers, for pressure washing companies, for even landscape companies to kind of map it out on their county websites. But it's not always um, essential for the homeowner because they feel as though they're giving away a really important piece of their own personal information that they're not potentially ready to give yet. So four that I recommend are always name, phone, email, and service requested. So those three combined are, I know a lot to kind of handle, but there is one more that I want to throw at you. <laughs> and Holy I probably don't say like, wow, <laughs> I know it's all the advice, but I'm like, I need to do all those things right now. <laughs> so technically the biggest one I would say for this week's reviews, if you can focus on sending your reviews out immediately that same day, I get on my husband about it all the time. I actually texted him yesterday at like, probably one o'clock in the afternoon. I was like, do you have my reviews ready to send out? Cause it's like my exciting part of the day. I get to know that I'm bringing in really positive feedback potentially for our company. So the reviews would be your first focus and then just scan through that mobile site, scan through your um, website, see if it's mobily friendly, double check your click to call options, double check those forms, just make sure those are all working properly. And then one last piece is just make sure to always inform your customers. And you can do that through social media. Um, we've talked about that a lot, so I don't need to dive too deep into that. Um, but always make sure you're informing your client base to their ultimate end goal, which is purchasing the service with your company. Oh, wow. Wow. So many good things. Uh, we use nice job with our window cleaning company. Uh, so I had seen, I think in the Fight Club for Business group, somebody had asked, what's the best review garnering app? Um, and I think you mentioned several, you mentioned, what did you mention? Bird's eye. Um, nice I've um, with nice job bird eye. Um, I know there's also Marcate, I believe has, um, some options, I believe for reviews, if I remember correctly. Um, there's, a, I mean, there's a plethora of review platforms out there to be completely honest. And what I always say about finding the right company is a lot of times you want to check that it integrates potentially with your CRM. Um, I know, I believe like nice job quality software, like exactly. Or I chose nice job because of the future integration with QDS or the imaginary integration with QDS. Um, because for us, it's really important for us. We decided that we need our quality score first from the customer and then we'll go for the review. Um, and so we've really played this dance because our, our employees are bonus based on their response rate of quality driven software. Oh, and that, that review is just extra money for them as an extra bonus. And for us, as we consider our advertising budget is the bonus we pay to our staff. But, but we were really concerned. It took us like a while to be willing to turn them both on because we didn't want to like inundate the customer with requests after their service. Um, but I'm happy to say that since they've both been on, our response rate hasn't dropped. So I know our team's working really hard to keep our response rate up, but I want to give a small shout out to to Martha with quality driven software, because to us, that is really critical, but the reviews are so fun. Um, so fun to get those reviews and nice job will automatically post them on your social media, which is kind of cool. Yeah. 
It is nice. Yeah. And you use nice job, right, Bertha? Yeah. What's that? No. Um, so what we're waiting for is the data to come back that has the employees attached. I can get the data back to quality driven, but it's only the client and review. I can't get the employee. You know, and you know I'm all about employee-driven results. So I want, I'm waiting on that myself, Missy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not to put you on the spot. Sorry, didn't need to put you on the spot. The other comment I had today was, can't we look at Google Analytics to tell us uh, how many people are coming from a mobile phone versus a desktop right now? I think that there's yeah. a way for us to be able to see like if if, you know, if the millennials are the ones that we're attracting or not, I guess. Yes. And you'll see too. Um, now I say millennials because they are majority mobile. Um, but a, in general, a lot of individuals are searching mobily. So, um, what'll be, what would be nice to do if you had the opportunity is to install, um, I know a couple weeks ago, we talked about a Facebook pixel, um, that kind of gives you a little bit more data age range as to um, individuals that have landed on your site. So you can kind of use combined with Google Analytics and the Facebook pixel to get a little bit more full rounded picture of age range who's landing on your site. Um, because yes, mobily you'll see that on Google Analytics, but you, there's still, I know like my, my dad still uses his desktop, but my mom will use her cell phone. So, and they're only, you know, they're 55 and um, 60. So it's like for that age group, you know, you wouldn't expect my mother to use her cell phone, but she does. So it's, it's still dependent on, um, the user's, um, common search and queries, I guess you can say. Awesome. Hey, watch it there, Tay. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> easy, easy. We're getting close there. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, no. oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, on our on our <laughs> live, we've got like the ladies up top and the ladies down below. We've got millennials and yeah, it's no, it's fine. I love it. It's Y'all get along. Y'all get along. Okay. So last week I got so distracted by the awesomeness that was Sean Adams. I mean, man, <laughs> that man is brilliant, Michelle. I'm so glad yeah. you introduced us. Uh, He's great. Wow. So good. So good. He knows all the things um, yeah. that we didn't talk about the PPP. Last week was like a fun week where like, I just was like, eh, I'm going to be a normal accountant this week. And we're going to talk about like normal money related things that are not, mm -hmm. <laughs> but back to reality this week. Uh, so we're going to talk <laughs> Jackie, my dear friend, Jackie Murphy, Jackie, we're coming to Colorado. Jackie lives in Colorado. She's a bookkeeper in Colorado. Um, she says she's 55 and uses her phone all the time. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> all across all ages. Um, so a couple major things, like, I feel like we took a week off from talking about it and now here we are, we got all this new information and every time I have new information, I feel like I get a couple of things that break and I have less information. I was talking to Michelle last night and I was like, I think I spent the whole day saying, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I've ever said, <laughs> I don't know as much as I did yesterday. Um, but yeah. I'm here to tell you today what I do know. Um, so here, here's what I do know. So a week and a half ago, 10 days ago, the House passed legislation called the PPP Flexibility Act. And as a reminder, PPP stands for Payroll Protection Program. And um, so the PPP Flexibility Act 
uh, was passed through the House almost unanimously, 417 votes to one, which was pretty remarkable. Uh, then it went to the Senate, and uh, it took the Senate a little bit to get through it. But last Wednesday, the Senate passed it unanimously. And they had to pass it unanimously because they were calling in. And uh, in order to call in and get a passage, they needed more than a simple majority. But they got it. So the Payroll Protection Program Flexibility Act was signed by the president last Friday. Today is Tuesday. So this is like hot off the press. And here's what it says. It says you have 24 weeks to spend your PPP money now instead of eight weeks. Yay! No, no responses? Yeah, like let's, yeah. I, I mean, this is what we wanted, right? For all of our small business owners who are watching who have been closed or if we had to close or have had trouble rehiring staff, this is a giant gift to you because what it says is you have more time to spend the money responsibly, which I think is a very cool thing. Um, it also says that they're going to reduce the threshold. So we've talked a lot about the logistics of the PPP and the inner workings. So one of the components of the payroll protection program loan was that we had to spend 75% of the money on payroll. Well, as of last Friday, that number is now 60%. And the reason why they reduced that payroll threshold was because if you've been closed and you rent a space and you've been paying your rent to your landlord, they don't want to, they don't want to hurt you for being responsible. So they're going to change how this is allocated. Now I've had so many conversations over the past week with business owners who are like, I'm going to have no problem spending it all on payroll. That will be a piece of cake. No worries. Now, where we are running into a few problems, and I had some really interesting calls yesterday, is we don't know if it's an either or. Like, can you do it at the eight-week mark, or you have to wait to the 24-week mark? Or can you do it at any point once you've spent the money in between the eight-week mark and the 24 mark? We're not entirely sure. We're waiting for that to sort out. Another question that I get asked a lot in the past week is, I'm a sole proprietor. I pay myself a draw. Can I pay myself more now than just the eight week allocated amount? Can I pay myself up to 24 weeks allocated amount? Still not sure. We, we, we don't know. We don't know what the, what the appropriate response is gonna be. The other thing that we're a little nervous about with the PPP Flexibility Act is I'm talking about the 60% has to be set on payroll. So if you get $100,000 as your PPP loan, 60% has to be spent on payroll. So you have to spend $60,000 on payroll. If you spend $59,000 on payroll, there seems to be some strong language written in the Flexibility Act that says none of it would be forgiven. So it would be really important to mark your calendar for the 24 week and make sure that you get over that 60% hurdle, whether that's through a bonus or through an incentive or through a small raise, whatever it is, that 60% before, we call these cliffs, before that wasn't a cliff, before they said, it, they would just prorate the amount you were forgiven. Now it's looking like it's a cliff. If you don't get over that 60% threshold, no dice. And that's scary. So still planning important, still a lot of questions that we're not entirely sure about. Um, but it is, uh, it is happening. Uh, Renee says, unless you were one of the first to receive it and your time is up, the money is spent according to their rules. Oh, well, it was still very helpful. I am grateful. So a lot of people who were the first to receive it, their eight weeks are almost up or are up. And unfortunately, they've had to make a lot of decisions. I spent a lot of my time and energy last week consulting with clients that had their eight-week windows expiring at the end of the week. Now, I was really pushing them to hold off on doing any extra spending. Um, so I think they came out okay. If you, 
if you have spent all your money, then I just, I think that's okay. Like it was free money and I hope you put it to work for you. And I hope that you, you know, that you have found that it was a gift to you and your business and that it's leaving you in a better place than you started. Um, so that's good. Now I just said the word free money and I got some really disappointing news yesterday. Um, I'm so bummed and I want to be wrong and I don't think I'm wrong, but I think I was wrong, but I don't think I was wrong because I think the SBA changed their mind. So let me just spit it out because I'm getting like all tongue tied and twisted. So let's talk about the economic disaster loan for a minute. We haven't talked about it in a while because the program's been closed for almost two months now, um, but we're seeing lots of people getting their offers processed or rejected. So a huge like, uh-oh, happened to me this week when I started thinking about this economic disaster loan. The uh-oh was, they have said very clearly that your economic disaster loan has interest and payments deferred for the first 12 months. Now, they used to say very clearly that interest also did not accrue during those first 12 months. But now they're saying that's not true. And if you read the note that you signed very carefully, or you read, if you read it carefully, I hope you signed it carefully, when you accepted your economic disaster loan, you will notice some very hidden language that says interest begins accruing from the first date of disbursement. And what that means is this is no longer free money. It's still very cheap money. It's still a very cheap loan. But if you are not intending to spend any of the money, I want you to know that when a year comes and your first payment is due, if you want to pay it all off, which is what I was telling people. I said, if you take the loan, scroll it away, and then you could just pay it all off in a year. The uh-oh that I had this week was when you go to pay it all off, it will be more than the amount, the, the amount due will be more than the amount you received. And the difference between those two numbers will be that first year of interest. So the interest rate on the economic disaster loans, as a reminder, is 3.75%. So very low interest rate, still a very long-term loan but I know I have so many debt averse people who were really on the fence about taking out the economic disaster loan. So if you've taken it out, uh, I think that's still okay, but I want you to start planning, like you're gonna need to figure out a way to put that money to work for you to make at least 3.75%. Or you need to think about it like an insurance policy. We pay for insurance, we pay a premium for insurance, and I want you to just know that that economic disaster loan money is going to cost you the 3.75% for that first year. So that was kind of an, oh no, like we thought that it was no harm, no foul for the first year. And now it's turning out that's not the case. And unfortunately, this has just been true for all of these SBA programs. What we know today is different tomorrow. What I read from the SBA website is changed. PDFs that I thought should never change, just get uploaded in the middle of the night with different information. So uh, I don't think it's devastating, but I do want everybody to know now because I would hate for in a year us to be in a worse financial position because now we have this, this bigger bill due. Um, so that's, that's the, what I know about the economic disaster loan and the PPP program. I do want to say from personal experience that the PPP program has been an amazing gift for Jeff Likes Clean Windows. We are absolutely putting that money to work. We're very grateful that it's gotten extended to 24 weeks because we it's taken us a while to get back up to full staffing levels. We are back mm -hmm. at full staffing levels, but we we decided to go through the training slowly, you know, teams of two at a time, and uh, it's taken us a bit. So we're excited for a little bit of a longer runway there. 
we've also been accumulating a lot of cash. So whatever we haven't spent on payroll, we have put into a special savings account. And that savings account is now bigger than the PPP loan amount that we started with. So the idea is you should be able to leverage this money. If you pay people to make money for your business, you should end up with a savings account that's bigger than the PPP loan was to start with. And that's a pretty cool position to be in. So um, some bad news, some good news, a lot of news. Uh, and I, you know, if you have questions, we are here to answer them. So feel free to drop them in the chat. But that is the updates that we have about the payroll protection program loan and about the economic disaster loans this week. Wow, big updates, big stuff. <laughs> you skip one week and <laughs> everything changes. It's so weird. <laughs> it's wild. It is so wild. I've talked to so many other business owners this week that are in that same place. They're like, I may have spent it all. I don't, I haven't spent it all. I'm not sure about the EIDL. So I hear it from our clients all the time. So I'm glad for that update. Thank you. Um, I also was on the phone this week with a very interesting uh, gentleman named Brandon Vaughn. And he has an acronym that I love. And I actually wrote it on a sticky note. It's in my book up in the other room. Um, but I wrote it on the sticky note and it's ADD. And that's not attention deficit disorder. That is ADD for your business. And so he believes that ADD stands for automate, delegate, or delete. And those are the only three options that you have as a business owner. You either automate it, you delegate it, or you delete it. So those are your only three. Um, so today I'm going to talk about delegating. And I love a free tool called Trello. It's one of the tools that we use here at Pink Collars all the time. I'm gonna share my screen in just a second and show you how we use it. So we use it in two different ways um, in Pink Collars. One, we use it as a repository for all the business information for the clients that we serve. And then two, we use it internally to delegate tasks to our management team. So I'm going to, if you're okay, Martha, I'm gonna take over and share my screen for one second because um, I think pictures tell a thousand words, right? Um, so we I've love got it when you let us under your hood. Like, we love it. It's you do. So I love. Yes. So I've got two instances of Trello open here, and so you'll see this very first one is me talking to one of our team members this morning about some things that are happening this week. And so rather than send her a Slack message, the cool thing about this is that I can put what my directive is. It's dated. She's tagged, so she gets notified. And it stays in her Trello board so that she can respond to it and delegate this to her team. So I'm asking her to check in train you all about some modules for a specific platform that we're working on in preparation for getting new leads in this week. Um, so it's a really cool place to hold people accountable because it's written, it's dated, it's timed, right? And it's right there. So I love that. And I put it under the the Trello card for that particular employee. So I know that I'm talking about this particular employee and I wanna make sure that we delegate it to that person. So that's a really cool way to use Trello and a very simple way to get things out of your head as the owner um, and onto a Trello board. I also get a ton of requests from companies that say, I haven't purchased a CRM or I'm not big enough for a CRM yet, or I don't know which CRM to use. And what I tell all those companies is start by using Trello as your CRM. Um, start by using a free tool to type out all the information about the workflow for your business, 
so that you can at least start the process of delegating where those customers are in the, you know, in the, in terms of where they are in your, in your business. So this is one of our clients that actually uses Trello as their CRM, which I think is really cool. Um, Ari Mizell was the keynote speaker of SA6 last year um, in Dallas, and he wrote a book called The Replaceable Founder. And he believes that any business can be fully run on Trello for free. So he's actually built out an entire um, learning module about how to supercharge Trello and make it your CRM. So what you can see here in these first lanes, and this is again, one of our clients, um, when an, a prospect comes in, in a particular area, they go in this particular lane. This is a really cool way for the owner to see in a very fast snapshot where these clients are in the process, right? Have they had a site visit? Is the site visit scheduled? Is it complete and waiting for a proposal? Is the proposal sent, whether it's residential and commercial? And then is it ready to schedule? So you can very easily have all of the information about that customer in Trello so that you can progress them through the process of your business. This is a house wash, soft wash, and window wash company. So I love the way you can delegate um, to your team, but then also if you're just a one or two man show, it's or woman show, it's really cool to be able to keep all of your customer information on Trello for free. So I actually am a member of another group and got asked to do a, a video about this. So I'm actually gonna pull this board completely apart this week talk about it and record a video. And as soon as I get that done, I'll post it here in Fight Club for Business as well. Yeah, which would be really fun. Um, because I've got a lot of folks that are interested in utilizing our services, but they're not quite there yet. They're not quite big enough. And I think if they start sort of setting up some of these free tools and processes for themselves, um, it'll be so much easier for them to come in and become a client of ours. So um, that's how we use Trello, a couple different ways um, here at Pink Collars, but I, Hope that helps. I Go ahead. Tay taking frantic notes. Tay, are you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> taking, I know. <laughs> Tay's like, I am 100% going to do that. Um, and, you know, like I said, I, I think Taylor and I had a conversation offline about CRMs because they're in the process of deciding which one to go with. Um, and if you're not there yet, Trello is a great first step and it's totally free. Um, so I won't announce my homework quite yet, but I will put a link for Trello again. It's um, a referral link that just keeps track of who comes in through me, but I get no monetary um, reply from them. It's just interesting for me to see um, the influence that, that I have when I share these free tools. So it's kind of fun. So I'll put that link up today too. And, and Michelle is like the Trello queen. I mean, she has our entire Fight Club for Business systems set up in Trello. It is so yep. pretty and organized. She puts pictures and she puts all these things. Uh, yep. Yeah, she she is slowly converting the, the th other three of us, all four of us, into being really organized in Trello. I love it so much. Thank you. Thank you. And if you're a visual person or a text person or a video person, you can really make Trello work for all of those avenues. So you don't have to be one or the other to utilize Trello, which I really like. And in terms of delegating, there isn't a better way to delegate a task than there because, again, dated and timed and there's accountability. It doesn't get lost in Slack in a Slack string. I mean, we do assign things in Slack at 
from time to time, but I love Trello for sort of those long range projects. So that's what I have to say about delegation today. <laughs> so ADD, ADD, make it happen. Automate. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, we use that. We use Trello for quality driven for development. So yeah. we have two boards and one of them is like active, our short list, and it's kind mm -hmm. of our scrum board moving things along. And then yeah. we have one that is um, for basically keeping track of how many times a feature is requested so that we have a, a priority list so anyway yeah it trello really is and i was slow to adopt it um you know because it's another tool but uh i i do love the visual and so for yeah. the people who have not gone and used it yet um i use trello for getting ready for a party at home like <laughs> <laughs> wow wow that's kind of oh yeah i'm i'm super crazy about my organization when it comes to certain things you know <laughs> martha throws an awesome party by the way if you haven't heard about the retreat if you haven't heard about her event yeah. like and now we know our secret. It's because of Trello. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. I love it. You've been very organized. So, um, okay. It. So, employee issues. So, my plan was to come and talk to you guys about recruiting and some ninja tricks that I haven't talked about before. And I can promise you that I've watched quite a few YouTube videos getting prepared for this. But what I'm finding is I don't see a lot there that I haven't already talked about. So um, I love that Martha's been doing YouTube ninja training. Did anybody else hear that? She's been like, yeah, I've been on YouTube did, learning how it. to be a ninja, you know, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, but I think there are some things that are out there that uh maybe i don't know about like what i would like to hear from you all is who is using a company page on indeed that's a paid setting that's a premium level subscription for indeed you do have that of course you do michelle of course sorry <laughs> i mean are you surprised <laughs> <laughs> uh, so i take it you pay for indeed um yeah yeah <laughs> and yeah I, I didn't see how much that was but i did look into i did watch a video about the company page now of course we have a page on our website and we do send them there so i was like would that be worth it i don't know um do you have a employee page on your website? I do. We have a, a hiring and sort of a jobs page on our website and that goes straight to our Bamboo HR. I mm -hmm. personally have not found that the company page and in indeed has been super massively helpful. Okay. Um, but I don't I don't think we were looking for, 
I think it's the type of employee we're looking for. Um, we are looking at hiring managers really soon or upper level management. So I'm going to kind of kick it off again. And I've just kind of been holding it in my back pocket to see how it works. Okay. Um, so I'm kind of in the beta still with it, <laughs> you know. Okay. Anybody that's watching, chime in if you use company pages and you've either not had success with that or had success. Um, so one, one of my business friends was just talking about the fact that um, she was like, I get a ton of applications on a Sunday and they're all junk. And what I didn't realize is, I guess that's the deadline for those people who have to turn in their, you know, mm. unemployment requirements and mm. apply. I guess the deadline is on Sunday. And that's why she's getting a ton of applications on Sunday. And so I was like, turn it off on Sundays so they can't <laughs> apply. So, or, or, I mean, you know, you could filter out your Sundays, but honestly, especially if you're paying, you know, especially yeah. if you have a sponsored ad, I would absolutely turn it off on Sundays if you're seeing that trend. I haven't really noticed that trend, but boy, she said without fail, every Sunday, she's getting a crazy amount of um, junk applications. So that kind of makes sense if that is the deadline. I wonder if that's gotten better because they say with the $600 kicker that we don't have to do those attestations to searching for jobs. So I wonder if that's been different between now and July 25th when that's supposed to stop. Well, yeah, um, but the person that told me this just told me like two, three days ago. Oh, so yeah, yeah and um, so these must be people who were on the old unemployment <laughs> that aren't getting the 600. Right. And, uh, and so they are required to report. So there's still some of those people out there and evidently quite a few, you know, from her report. Um, one thing that Megan brought up was that awesome video that she was using for onboarding. And I have not made my version of that yet that I want to use for recruiting. Like, I think there was so much in that video that could be used for recruiting. When you talk about your awesome culture, you talk about um, how much the clients love you, you know, that you're a top rated business, all of those things. And what I would like to do is after somebody schedules an interview, that's when I would want that video to go out because those are people that we've invited mm -hmm. to interview with us. So we're interested in them. And it's like an affirmation because all of this, you know, when you have a serious candidate that you're interested in, every step along the way, they're going, uh, should I go interview with them? 
should I take that job? You know, it's, think about it. When you've been searching for a job, it, that's a huge step. And there is, even, even with a lot of positive feelings, there still is that, is this the right decision? So everything that you do to reaffirm, yes, you've made the right decision. Look how organized we are. Look how professional we are. Look, you know, all of these things are just another, you know, kind of pat on the back to this insecure employee or potential employee going, okay, yeah, I feel better about this. I, you know, I am going to go show up for that interview because they look like a, you know, especially for people who maybe have been working retail or a totally different type of job mm -hmm. and now they're thinking about some kind of a home service job everything you do um because i think many times people don't necessarily think that a window cleaning business or a maid service business or pressure washing business is going to be top-notch professional and so you are having to sell yourself. And like I say, for me, when I want to sell them is when they've applied. Um, I mean, you sell yourself in the ad, in the recruitment ad. And we've talked a lot about that. But now they've applied. Now we've screened them. Now we're mm -hmm. choosing who we want to start in the interview process. And so those are the people that now I want to go, yes, you made the right decision. So um, let's hear, I'm looking at anybody that's commented, anybody having awesome results? For the most part, what I've heard is everybody's struggling getting employees right now. Um, we, I can't say that. I feel like it's about the same for us. I can't say that we have, we have plenty of applicants, but we are sifting through, you know, the ones that we're not interested in for sure. Um, interviewing about the same number that we interview. Um, I've got a really tough gatekeeper, so not very many get through. <laughs> That's good. I mean, that's good. I think it I was is good. Trevor, like Trevor's funnel that he talks about. Yeah. And does anybody remember what that was? It was like, I can't remember. It was like 350 applicants for every one hire or something. I mean, it was something crazy yeah. radical based on how he sent them through the process, but he yeah. had really engaged and happy staff and a strong culture. So, right, right. Yeah. We're about 90 to one, but I, you know, we are in a rural area, so we don't get as many, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I'm a big believer in that. And, and you know that we're not done weeding out even once we've hired them, because I would say, yeah. well, for five people, 
that we hire, maybe one's going to make it, but we, you know, we decide that really early on, but, um, okay. So anybody have any comments in the galley about, uh, recruiting or any employee issues that are burning that you want to talk about? I noticed Pam said something about they hired somebody and it sounds like they weeded them out very quickly. She went to Yelp and gave them a one star and oh, no. yeah. yeah. But and Pam boy, says she didn't hire her. And Pam says she's really glad she didn't hire her because oh, clearly, yeah, clearly sure. this applicant was very vindictive and and yeah, and it was a working interview. And so and you know. Um, the very sad thing that we all know is Yelp probably will not take that one star down because Yelp is Yelp. Um, Tay, Tay is nodding. Look at Tay. Uh, <laughs> Tay I, I, you have lots of stories about Yelp, I have a feeling. <laughs> I Google I not my friend, to say the least. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, uh, I've actually tried to remove my Yelp profile just because um, nobody really uses it and well, I use it a lot for restaurants, but, um, but yeah, yeah. I, yeah, in California, I, I, Megan, do a lot of people in California tend to use it? Yeah, we use it a lot and I love it. And, you know, I actually like the occasional one star because if we're all five star, it doesn't really work. Um, I think my biggest, well, I have lots of complaints about Yelp as I'm sure every small business owner has lots of complaints, but my biggest complaint is. Well, I have two. One is they're so aggressive with their advertising sales. Like they're just sharks, like mean sharks. I don't like that. Um, and the other thing that I don't particularly like is, you know, I think we have three quarters of our reviews are filtered out. So I feel I might be exaggerating a little bit, but I feel like we probably have like 50 filtered out five-star reviews and we are showing maybe 30 live or something. Um, but nice job helps with that. Nice job. I think that's something I really like about nice job. And I get nothing from nice job. It's just something that we use for Jeff likes clean windows, but it's really nice that it, um, you know, it kind of wants to match the behavior of your customer <laughs> to their normal review behavior so that it increases the odds that if they do leave a Yelp review, uh, that it will stay. Um, because Jeff likes clean windows, we use Martha's weekly bonus program. Uh, one week, I remember we paid out, it was like $1,500 in Yelp bonuses. And huh? by the next, in the, by the next, because we pay, for our staff, we pay them $50 for every Yelp review that they get. So, and we're able to match, like, we're able to match an employee name to a Yelp review, even if they're not mentioned, right? Yeah. And we had to change that because that week we spent $1,500 on Yelp reviews to our staff, which is absolutely where we want to spend our money. We want to reward them for doing a good job instead of paying Yelp or paying somebody else. And uh, the next week we had less reviews than when we started, like because we had so such an influx, Yelp had like hurt us and we ended up having less than beginning of the week of that week. So now we say if your review gets filtered out, it's $10. And if it stays, then it's $50. Um, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. So Nancy yeah. says, going back to Martha, Nancy says that she's getting lots of applicants, but they're from too far away. And then Sam, Martha, I know this is something you've been talking about for a week or two. Sam wants to talk about offices. So Sam says she's interested to know who has a physical office versus a home office. 
and she's she wants to talk about the role of offices and culture. Um, she's had various experiences. Uh, she's back to office hunting um, while she's hiring. Um, mm -hmm. So, so I, I mean, I don't know, Martha, you can talk about your setting and Michelle, you can talk about yours and Tay, you can talk, we can all talk about our, how we interface <laughs> with our employees. Yeah. Uh, Nancy, I will say, you probably have seen this, but on Indeed, you can have a list of requirements and one of the requirements can be, um, I'm kind of laughing as I say this, that they live in Bernie. Uh, I know probably not very many people that actually apply live in Bernie, where you're located. Um, and that is very similar for me. Um, so I'm in Bartlesville and Owasso, Oklahoma. Owasso neighbors Tulsa, we don't, what we have found is, um, even though there's a huge applicant pool in Tulsa, they're too far away. They won't, and it's not that far, but what we find is they're not our reliable employees. They start making excuses about, you know, I mean, I was going to say traffic, but I just realized traffic, I'm yeah. in California and you're in Kansas. So maybe it's not traffic in Kansas. Excuse me. Traffic, 169 traffic. has a lot of traffic. Um, but if you think about it, like a commute can be, okay, 30 minutes, you know, but uh when their kids are like in a daycare or school or something in Tulsa and they have to spend all their time 30, 40 minutes north, that creates problems. And we don't, if they live in Tulsa or one of those other areas, we don't even consider them because we've learned the hard way. It just never works out. So we have made that a requirement. Um, so that that's another reason we don't have as many people apply because, you know, we try to filter down. Um, it's just a waste of money to bring them in, you know, start to train them and then find out that those just really aren't our dependable employees. So um, regarding the office, that's a long that's a long one, um, but maybe I will we'll say this. Next week, I don't know, maybe we have a whole, okay. we've been wanting to have that session, maybe we talk about it. But we can say yep. quickly what we all do to answer Sam's question. Uh, Amy okay. answered okay. and said, Amy says that they have a physical office. Yeah. And I, of course, have a physical office, but no mm -hmm. management is there. But that is not necessarily by design. Um, we had the office and yeah, anyway, so everything is remote. Um, Sam, to answer your question, I there are things I miss. I gotta tell you, there are things I miss. Um, I actually was in the process of putting somebody back in the office part-time, everybody else being remote and um, that didn't work out yet. So, I am looking for that person. And that person is really, for me, going to be my employee engagement person who can drive some of these programs that I 
I want to do that some of them I've had to drop just because I'm not physically there and I cannot commit to that. So I've had to be creative and think of other ways to do and accomplish um, what I want to accomplish as far as employee engagement. But I personally would like at least a part-time person there to help with employee engagement. So. So we use a tough shed, a very fancy tough shed that we bought at Home Depot. It is, uh, I think, oh, I'm so bad at measurements. Like, let's say it's like eight feet by 15 feet or eight feet by 12 feet or something. And uh, we store all of our equipment there and it's in a really cool area. It's in a boat storage yard. I know, stay with me. Uh, it's in a boat storage yard and we have all of our trucks live at this boat storage yard overnight. And the tough shed is where all of the equipment is stored. And it's a great gathering point for our staff in the morning. So it's not a physical office in the sense that there's desks and there's a phone. Mm -hmm. Our office manager works entirely remotely. She lives actually in another state. Um, so she's not our employee happiness person. Uh, but Jeff is, he, he goes there every morning and greets the team and gets them off on their day, has the safety meetings, does the spin the wheels, does all of that there at the shed. Um, Sam, I know you're going to ask, you're asking about interviewing. So Jeff interviews in coffee shops. And right now, because of coronavirus and we're in California, he interviews in parks. So in open air spaces. Um, and then he does his training either at the shed. He's set up kind of like a training station or he uh, will sometimes use my accounting conference room or we belong to a country club and he'll use their community room. So he's gotten really creative with his use of space and it's kept his costs down. Um, for us, when we went office shopping for our field service, it was really hard because the outside space was maybe more important than the inside space. We, and we have gas and we have chemicals and we have, we have a lot of equipment. And for us, it was really important that that could be kept safe. And in this boat storage yard, it's fenced, it's has security cameras, it has um, a bathroom, it has a dumpster, and it, it has all the things that we need. It's just not classy. It's just not like fancy, <laughs> but it turns out we don't need classy and fancy. And we spend less than $300 a month on that space in California. Like my accounting office, I spend over $4,000 a month on MySpace. So oh, that wow. that that really works for, for our field service company. Um, Tay or Michelle, That's, do you wanna address that? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, we work all remotely, as you know. I work out of our home um, and we don't have any employees close by. So we've had to learn and understand how to make every piece of engagement virtual. And it works really well for our model because we don't work together in a team and mobilize and go somewhere. So I get why for Martha, it would be a challenge, but we're all kind of on our own at home. So it, it works really well for us, but engagement happens on Zoom every single week in like three or four different meeting styles. Um, and the teams have, you know, morning get togethers that don't include me. And then the team leads have weekly meetings with me. And then each individual team has weekly meetings with themselves as well. So we have some good scheduling of things that automatically happen. And I think that 
helps with engagement. And then I know I talked a couple of weeks ago about Slack workflows and having people do sort of self-reporting on what they're doing throughout the day and have those automations set up. So that really keeps people engaged too, because they know they have to report all these things during the day. So that's what we do. <laughs> Well, we are still very small um, in retrospect to y'all. Um, so we are technically out of our house for right now. Um, but since it's just Damien, myself, and we have one employee, um, he actually does a breakfast in the morning. Um, so they, him and his employee go to breakfast. And then um, I can, I manage everything here from the house. So I'll work remotely via computer um, while they're out in the field. And this week's goal is setting up my Trello board. Thank you to Michelle. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but no, we, um, our ideal goal is to end up getting, um, a shop kind of similar to what Megan's referring to. Cause we do as well work with chemicals. We have to make sure we have storage for the trailer. So we're going to need an, um, a nice outdoor space as well as kind of a shop as well. Cause my husband has a background in, um, diesel mechanic work so he can work on our machines himself. So that saves us a lot of money in the long run. So we'll kind of need a, a combo of what um, Megan was discussing as well as um, a shop space to be able to work interior wise on the vehicles and things of that sort. But um, for right now, we are home. And we were and home the first know? 10 years, like no judgment about being home. I, yeah. I, I have hired and fired many people in my living room. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't love it, don't miss it, but we were there for over 10 years, so no judgment. Yeah. We, we had to move when our neighbors complained about all the employee vehicles. That, that's when we finally had to fork out the, the money to move. And while you guys were talking, I kind of figured out why I might feel like I'm missing something in the office. We haven't had our monthly face-to-face -face staff meeting since this whole coronavirus thing. Mm -hmm. And so it just dawned on me that that's part of why I'm like, uh, something's not right. And um, so I think, and we start that back in July. So I think I better hold off on any decisions until I get that face-to-face because -face, I really enjoy our staff and I get as much out of it too, you know? I, I always thrive away, you know, it's kind of like exercise as far as you kind of, I do always dread it a little bit because well, there's a lot to prepare for. And I do physically have to drive a hundred miles and, you know, all of those selfish things. But I always drive away thinking, I am really proud of our team and I really enjoy them. And I think I, some of that is I just miss them, so. Well, and it's been almost a year that you haven't had staff in the office, right, Martha? Like, I feel like that was last fall. more than a year. Yeah. It's, it's, been, more than a year. it's yeah. been almost a year and a half. Yeah. So, I mean, look at that. It's a year and a half, and she's just now like, ah, eh, something's wrong. But then it turns out, oh, coronavirus. <laughs> Everything <Yeah>. is wrong. <laughs> exactly. Oh, wow. Oh, that's amazing. Cool. All well, right. do we want to do our homework? Yeah, let's, let's do it. All right. I know I gave a lot of information. So simple homework <laughs> is going to be request your reviews the same day of your service. That's all I'm going to ask you guys this week. 
Um, I'll also go ahead and drop some information about Google Analytics, how to view your um, users as to where they're viewing device-wise. And I'll also put in some review option platforms for y'all as well. Awesome. Thanks, Tay. Um, and I think my homework is going to be, <laughs> so remember when we had you mark your calendars for 56 days from the day the money hit your account? <laughs> well, yes. you, can, you don't have to cross it out. You could leave it there if you want, but I'm assuming it's like this week or last week or next week. It's coming up really fast. Um, now I want you to mark your calendar for 24 weeks. And I want you to, Jeff and I, we've said this weekend, we're going to spend some time going through this ourselves. I want you to spend some time looking and projecting so if you have 24 weeks to spend the money, are you going to be able to spend it all on payroll? And I think that if you are, that's going to ease all the stress, all the learning that you've done over the past eight weeks. Sorry. But I think that's going to really ease the burden of forgiveness. If you're able to spend all the money that you got on the PPP on payroll over 24 weeks pretty easily, then it should make the forgiveness process pretty streamlined. Um, and I didn't say this during my talk, but because it's not it's not true yet. And you know, I don't know, I'm always wrong, all those things. But we're hearing murmurings that they're talking about getting rid of the forgiveness process. So the bank lobbyists are trying to get blanket forgiveness for loan amounts under a certain threshold. And the two thresholds I've heard have been 100,000 and 150,000. So I'm not gonna have you spend too much energy for quite a while on the forgiveness application. Um, so right now I just kinda want you to mark your calendar and then I want you to budget out, like, can you spend all the money on payroll in that time frame? And you know your situation. You know if you've been closed. You know how much you've already spent on payroll. But I would like you to just go through that exercise um, because I know we've been through a lot of stress related to this program. And I think that might ease your stress this week. So anything I can do to help ease your burden uh, would be great. So that's your homework. Mark your calendar for 24 weeks and see if you can spend it all on payroll in those 24 weeks. Awesome. Love it. And then my homework is to delegate this week. Again, ADD, let's keep in mind that awesome acronym and delegate through Trello, whether you're an owner operator and you're delegating it out of your mind onto a digital platform that's free. <laughs> that's really the way you can go. Um, or if you work with teams or, or even one or two employees, it's super important to get that information into a digital platform that you can share. And I was talking to our mutual friend last week, Tommy Mello, and he said, you always want to set up the systems for the company you want to be, not the company you are today. And so just keep that in mind as you're delegating. Think about the company you want to be tomorrow, not the company you are today. So Tommy has delegate. Like Tommy has an awesome like six step process to delegation. Uh, we got to get him yeah. on. We'll get him on. I know here. we're going to ask point. him. We're going to grab but him. He, he always rattles it off his head because I think he does it all day, every day. He's like, no, no, no. These he are does. the six things you got to do to get it delegated. And if I find yeah. him, I'll drop him into the group. Uh, we'll see what we can do. Yeah. Okay. Love it. Okay. So that's and my homework. My homework for you is to get that recruiting video done and at least start with something. It doesn't have, I think where people get hung up is, it, I can't say anything because I haven't done it yet myself, but I'm not hung up on it being perfect. I just have to delegate my attention over there. But <laughs> here's the thing. Um, it Don't get hung up on, oh my gosh that's not a good video it's not what i want something is better than nothing and 
I'm sure that whatever you put up there is going to be much better than anything else they're getting from other people because they're probably getting nothing. I mean, so many applicants don't even hear back from the company. So get that recruiting video done that tells about your company and why your company is so awesome. And, um, and you gotta have, you can't just say it, you know, have some reviews, have some company culture things in there. And then when they apply and they have um, scheduled their interview, that's when I would send that recruiting video. So are you gonna do your recruiting video this week? I am gonna do my homework. Okay, I think I am too. And I think we should share them in the group. I think like, I think Ooh. maybe people just need a visual, right? Like, how does this yeah. go about it? And uh, Martha's been harassing me. Mine is not a recruitment video. It is a um, onboarding video. So I'm going to, I'm going to make that tweak this week, Martha. Thank you for that homework. You are yeah, good. You have a head start. It's going to be, you'll just trim out the stuff that's after they hire and uh, you will be good. But yeah, well, I, and I got that idea from you, so it's an awesome thing. Yeah, all so. these ideas came from her, so we're just going to keep pointing the fingers. It will be fine. <laughs> uh, as a reminder related to your homework, we just gave you a ton of actionable things that you can do in your field service business this week. Just choose one. Don't try and do yep. all four. Don't try and do all four of Tay's. Just teasing Tay. <laughs> uh, just choose one. Um just one, whatever it is that's your priority in your business this week, that's the nice thing about how Fight Club's organized. We're going to give you ideas from the four major areas of business, and we don't expect you to execute on all of them. In fact, we're afraid that if you try to, you'll get frustrated and you won't be successful. Yeah. So just choose one, the one that feels the, feels the most burning, like the one that you feel like you need to do and do that one this week. Um, and we'd love to help hold you accountable. So use the group, the Facebook group, and we'll, we'll help you with that. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, the retreat. Do we want to remind about the dates of the retreat? Yeah. No. The dates are... of the retreat are in December, 1st of October. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Um, my dates up. Yeah. And we're going to Breckenridge, right? Breckenridge, right. And we might as well say, because there has been some controversy about, uh, are we doing a women's only or is it mixed? And we might as well say that because of the industries that we're all in, um, some are female dominated, some are male dominated, that we decided that even though we're all women, we work with men and we do not want to exclude men. So we're not really looking to be um a husband and wife event but we're mainly trying to be open to male business owners and female business owners so correct in, me if in I the need. field service space so it, yeah. that this is and we think that by doing an event that spreads across industries you will learn from each other that you like the window cleaning world we have learned so much from the maid service world and we, and I love how the lawn care world and the maid service world kind of partner together. Yes. 
And um, so our goal is we can learn from each other and we're not going to keep it specific to gender. So this is an event that will be open to all that own field service businesses. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Quality driven has always been about learning across industries. And I think that's how our conference has been different is I, even though primarily made service that comes to quality driven, what I love is getting people to speak from all different industries, because what I hear from our attendees is, oh my gosh, I learned so much from them. And they had kind of discounted that they were going to learn anything from them because they were in a different industry. And it's actually the opposite. You probably heard a lot of what people have to say in your industry. And we all know that events are all about networking. And so mm -hmm. when you network with attendees who are from all different industries, oh my gosh, you're gonna open your eyes to seeing solutions to problems in such a different way. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about us. It's about bringing in a diverse group of people. And so the Perfect. retreat is in Breckenridge, Colorado, October 1st through October 3rd. Those are the dates to mark your calendar. We're working on an application process so that we can be really intentional about the group that we put together. Uh, we will be limiting it to 20 attendees and um, and we'll be doing deep dives into these four areas of business for <laughs> three days. Yeah. All right. Okay. And we'll we'll be here Love next it. Tuesday. We do we have a guest next week? Do we know who our guest is? Or almost? We're working on a couple. Yeah. We're working on a couple yeah. of I guests. Was say, I think I know. I, I think it's Royce. Royce R. I will confirm that. We've talked to several people, so I think it's Royce next week. Oh my gosh. Awesome. I can't wait for him to talk about know, his really. training manual. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Talk about, I, he, he, we talked about this yesterday. I, I invited him to speak at the quality driven group, even though at the time he was an employee engagement expert, but he didn't use quality driven at the time. And he even said that to me when I asked him and I said, you are a wealth of information, whether you use it or not. And I did jokingly say, and you'll start using it. And he has, and you know, he, and he now loves it, but uh, Royce is so awesome. And like I say, I mean, that's a good example of learning from other people. You need to hear from people more than just me about employee engagement. So we're going to be lucky to have Royce. Awesome. He knows about everything that we talk about, really. So it'll be so great. He knows all the things. He he holds Jeff in my hand regularly through drama and problems. So, <laughs> uh, so next Tuesday, 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern, uh, we'll be talking a lot about employee engagement and employee issues next week. And do we have a quote? Awesome. Do we have a quote? Oh, I think we do. Do we have it pulled up? If not, I can go over it. Uh, uh, Michelle, do you have it? No. Go I've ahead. got it. I'm sorry. I didn't realize I was going to do it, but I would love to. <laughs> it's just coming up. Hold on. Give me one second. So the quote of the week is 
from Winston Churchill. And I actually, one of my puppies is named Winston. So I love the name Winston and I love Winston Churchill. So success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It's the courage to continue that counts. So keep up the fight, everybody, this week. Sounds good. All right, Fight Club. See you next week for Fight Club. Okay, sounds good. See you guys. Connect with Fight Club for Business. Join our Facebook group where we have weekly homework, accountabilities, and an awesome community to help you fight for your business. Facebook.com slash Fight Club for, as in the number four, business. Fight Club for Business.